Local talk is back in the valley. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show. So much appreciate your willingness to share your hearts and minds and your thoughts with us. Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here. Really, really proud and honored and privileged to serve as your concierge for conversation. Again, 3 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show. And uh, again, it's our opportunity to be able to sit down together and rationally and reasonably and respectfully discuss the issues that affect you and me today on a uh, on a regular basis. So thank you for being part of that mix. And as uh, we prepare for uh, an introduction to a very special guest that I'll introduce to you in just a couple of minutes, a uh, quick note here, uh, coming out of Sacramento today, Governor Gavin Newsom announcing that California plans to stop requiring people to wear masks in almost all circumstances beginning uh, June 15. Remember, that's the date that he cited that the tiered system uh, will go away, quote, as we know it. And uh, he says that uh, may describe a world that will look a lot like the world we entered into before the pandemic. He was quoted as uh, saying, Uh, We're not wearing face coverings. We're not restricted in any way, shape, or form from doing the old things that we used to, say for large, uh, huge, large-scale indoor convention events like that where we use our common sense. So there we go. Uh, We're going to have to wait another month or so before that comes to pass. We'll see. What happens? But anyway, for now, the governor is saying uh, probably on June 15 that we'll uh, possibly in most cases be able to uh, do away with the masks. Here's another uh, interesting note. Uh, The governor uh, wants to offer health care coverage to illegal immigrants age 60 and up. Uh, He unveiled his revised budget plan today. $250 million taxpayer dollars uh, to include illegal immigrants who are seniors into the state's Medi-Cal system starting in May of next year. So that's about a year from now. Uh, as has been announced, as we have told you in the past couple of days, the state has a $75 billion budget surplus thanks to higher-than-expected tax revenues. So there you go. We can uh, we can discuss that a little later. What I'd like to discuss now is uh, a man that I've come to uh, deeply respect uh, for his leadership, uh, for his command presence, uh, for his innovation over the years. And he is our special guest today. My privilege to introduce to you Chief Galen Carroll, retired as the police chief from Modesto Police Department and uh, has gone on to other things. Uh, chief Carroll, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for carving out time to be with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, Chief, uh, let, let's start as, as we look at a, a, a retrospective, so to speak, for your career. Oh, when and where did you begin your career in law enforcement? Um, I actually uh, started in the early 90s, in 1993, at the 
Orange County Sheriff's Department, and and I was only there for about six months, and then I I went to Long Beach, and and I was in Long Beach from 1994 until um, just uh, the end of 2012, and then I started in Modesto in uh, January of 2013. And so you had a a lot of experience there to bring to Modesto. Let, Let me address this just right at the top, because our our hearts are still breaking, and we're still praying for uh, Stockton PD and Officer Jimmy Inn uh, that was slain uh, on duty earlier this week. And, uh, Chief, lo- looking back at, at when you started and and looking at so much of the anti-law enforcement, uh, and, and again, I realize that that's not prevalent across America, but it just seems we keep hearing it a lot. Has law enforcement changed uh, in, in terms of the public's attitudes, do you think, since, since when you started? And, and maybe just a, a thought or two from you regarding uh, Officer Jimmy Inn and our, our brothers and sisters up in Stockton. So, I mean, I guess I'll dress, uh, I guess I'll, I'll dress our uh, brothers and sisters in Stockton. And uh, um, I know that every time I got a notification uh, like that, and, and even now, um, it hurts. Um, I think, uh, um, it's like a family member who, uh, who's, who's taken away and, and people may not, may not understand that. Um, but when you're in law enforcement, uh, unfortunately what happens, um, to one happens to everybody and, uh, good or bad. So sometimes someone will, will do something really stupid somewhere else in the country and it affects all of us. Well, it's the same when an officer is, uh, his life's taken. Chief, uh, as as you look at leadership, and I know you've you've had the opportunity to mentor people uh, over the years, and in this kind of an environment, how do you keep the the troops motivated, and how do you recruit in an environment that is a little bit different than perhaps when when you started many years ago? Well, that's. Uh... That's actually tough, and that's uh, that's going to be the million dollar question that that we as as citizens are going to have to deal with. Um, I think we've been blessed in Modesto to have a lot of support here, um, and and I think that's a lot of a lot of times that comes because most of the people that we hire um, grew up here, have family here, or live here. But um, as they're uh, kind of as, as it is now today, um, I'm not sure why anyone would want to get into the field. I can tell you, I started uh, right after Rodney King, and I was asked the same the same questions, and uh, it was a very rewarding career for me. Um, but recruiting is going to be a challenge, and it, it's already been a challenge for the last probably decade. Um, and that's something that myself and other chiefs talked a lot about. Uh, and you just have less and less people applying. And so um, I know when I got hired in the early 90s, uh, I think there was – 5,000 people that applied uh, for one academy class. And and now, uh, you know, even in Modesto, we used to have a couple thousand apply a year, and every year it would go down. And so you're picking um, your officers from less and less people, and you have less and less uh, choices. And so when I say we as a community are going to have to deal with that, um, you want high-quality people, and, and when you're trusting them with how much we trust police officers with, you want the highest quality and uh, and that makes it tough right now um, because nobody wants to be under the scrutiny. The jobs sometimes feels like it's almost impossible because uh, everybody can do it better than the actual person doing it. 
Absolutely. Uh, Chief, in uh, just a couple of minutes, I want to talk about innovations that you uh, were able to bring in partnership with the community and talk a a bit about uh, the ability to connect with the community. Because what what I've seen is uh, a very open attitude regarding uh, both city and county law enforcement and government here in the Modesto and Stanislaus County area, just a really good working relationship. Of course, there's bumps in the road, but you, I I think, brought some innovations and uh, an intentionality in terms of connecting with the community. We'll talk about that in three or four minutes. Friends, we're uh, privileged to have with us Chief Galen Carroll. Uh, He's recently retired from the chief position with Modesto Police Department, and uh, we'll also take your calls as well. I know some of you may want to weigh in and just thank him for the job that he has done and, and the legacy that he lives us. Uh, he leaves us. If you have other questions as well, we'll uh, welcome your call too at area code 209-551-3483. That's area code 209 551 3483. Our visit with Chief Galen Carroll continues in about three or four minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show every weekday at three on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Northbound 5 in Lathrop, right on the transition ramp to eastbound 120. We have a minor crash on the shoulder. It's already slow through there as far back as 205 and then ahead to Main Avenue. South 99 Modesto delayed from Kansas Avenue all the way to H Street. For the latest on the Valerie opening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. Live music is coming back. Let's get it started. On September 17th and 18th, our iHeartRadio Music Festival returns. Live from Las Vegas, 18 superstar artists. Two nights, one stage. The biggest music festival in the world. Radio. If you're a Capital One card holder, secure your seats during our early access sale. Starting Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific at iHeartRadio.com slash festival. We'll see you in Las Vegas. iHeartRadio. This report is sponsored by the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Hey, it's Blake Travis from Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to listen to the Outkick the Coverage podcast for the most informed, outspoken, and fearless commentary in all of sports. Just search for Outkick the Coverage in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go to get your podcast. Every Saturday at 12 noon, call into Pound 250, keyword real estate jerky, and get free expert advice on the Central Valley real estate market from host Ed Parco and guest experts from around the country. Real estate jerky gives you something to chew on. More cowbell, please. Hello, I'm Michelle DeBudio, Executive Director of Valley Caregiver Resource Center. Life is full of challenges for older adults. At Valley Caregivers, we're here with the tools you need to take care of your loved ones and better care of yourself. Our purpose is to help families caring for loved ones impaired by chronic ailments such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, or stroke. Caring for older adults can be difficult, especially if you're doing it alone. Valley Caregiver provides respite, education classes, consulting, and support groups, and each client is assigned a personal advocate that will walk alongside the caregiver journey with you. I would like to invite you to call Valley Caregiver Resource Center at 559-224-9154. Or visit our website, valleycrc.org, 559-224-9154. Valley Caregiver. 
family sees possibilities by providing support to unpaid family caregivers. Thank you. It's Small Business Month, and Dell Technologies and Windows are celebrating your unstoppable drive. Save up to 45% on powerful PCs with Windows 10 Pro to work from anywhere, plus top monitors and docks for the ultimate business setup, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Speak to a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right business tech, server, storage, and cloud solutions at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL for Small Business Month savings. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents and Doug. Check it out, Lemu. A roadside carnival. Step right up, folks. Test your strength. Come see the fire-breathing baby. <laughs> Let's fan out and tell people that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Look! An emu wearing sunglasses! Lemu, famous. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hey, it's Clay Travis from Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to listen to the Outkick the Coverage podcast for the most informed, outspoken, and fearless commentary in all of sports. Just search for Outkick the Coverage in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go to get your podcast. Local Talk is back in the Valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And the conversation continues on the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our guest today is uh, the retired Chief of So, Galen Carroll. And uh, Chief, again, thank you so much for carving out your time to be with us today. Uh, as we continue the conversation, if you have questions for the Chief, our telephone number here, area code 209-551-3483, area code 209-551-3483. Uh, Chief, it, it seems to me as a, a member of the community that you had a, uh, an intentionality about reaching out into the community uh, to build relationships, to get information. I remember my uh, first conversation with you in, in your office, I was impressed by the fact that uh, there was no baloney there, that uh, you were straightforward, is what you get, and uh, really appreciated that. I think the community uh, saw that as well. But let's talk a bit about uh, what, what you did uh, in terms of taking the initiative to reach out to the community and get feedback and, and build the relationships that you needed to be a really effective police chief. Well, hey, first I got to tell you, I missed your voice. Um, I haven't heard you for a while and you have the, the perfect radio voice, but anyway, um, you, you know, when I came here, uh, some of it comes from uh, uh, kind of the history and the, the culture that you grew up with. And, and quite frankly, uh, the Long Beach police department almost didn't exist. Um, in the early 90s, they had an incident, and uh, and they came within one city council vote member um, from being disbanded, and that was a very very large agency, um, about a thousand people, and so um, it was it was drilled into us very uh, very early on, uh, going back to the academy, that uh, um, don't think you can't be replaced, and uh, and I think that's important for everybody to remember, not just police officers, but all of us can be replaced wherever mm-hmm. we're at, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, when I got here, um, you know, one of the great things about Modesto is the more you put into the city, the more you get out of it. And then uh, and I got that feeling when I first uh, arrived here. And then um, 
I, I was intentional about trying to reach out and um, I think you have to police the city the way they want to be policed. And the only way you're going to know that is by getting out and being a member of the community and really um, talking to uh, members of the community and, and showing that you're one of them and, and that we're all in it together. So um, that's, uh, that's what we did. And when, when I got here, I, I'll be honest, we, we already had a pretty strong program as far as um, the uh, national night out uh, stuff and neighborhood watch, but uh um, it, it was a goal, and I think it's still a goal of the police department to really be as close to the community as they can. In, uh, in terms of that, uh, Chief, we see a lot of different approaches across the country and uh, even here in Stanislaus County. In terms of citizen participation, and uh, one thing uh, we appreciate on our side is, is uh, your commitment while you were here to the clergy council and and uh, to a lot of pastors that were represented there. Uh, a lot of emphasis now on citizen committees, and some across the country are looking at uh, advisory committees, which, which uh, you know, my personal opinion is fine. I'm, I'm not uh, – get your take on oversight committees. Um, I, I worry about citizens who a badge or a gun – uh, who don't, who are not schooled in an academy and, and not familiar with the intricacies of law enforcement today, having actual oversight uh, over a police department. I understand the city council has, that, but I mean in terms of the community, uh, your your take on advisory committees versus oversight committees. Well, uh, so I guess it's uh, it, again each each department is different. Um, I can I can tell you there's I don't think anybody shies away from from uh, necessarily advice or transparency, and I think that's what uh, the Modesto Police Department strived for, um, and uh, and I think it, it'll continue. I I believe it has continued, um, and so if you have a department that's not transparent and, and is not uh, willing to put it, its you know things out there, good and bad. Um, that's definitely a, a route you might want to go down. Uh, my biggest concern with, with the latest trend, uh, and I call it a trend in, in uh, the oversight or the advisory committees, um, really is a, a push to, uh, to have no one on the, uh, the committee that has any, any ties whatsoever to law enforcement to actually have people on the committees that um, historically uh, – don't like the police, which is fine. I mean, there's there's always room for dialogue. Um, but if you look at the makeup of a lot of them, um, and I even think the the one that came to uh, to Modesto, it actually talked about ensuring nobody was on there that had any law enforcement experience, and that the people who were victims of police violence should be on there, or attorneys that were used to suing the police department should be on there. And and I think that just sets you up for um, uh, really. An advisory committee, you should work together. It shouldn't be a snarling dog on a leash um, because you're, you're coming in right away uh, with an adversarial relationship, and, and it's not going to help anybody out. And then the only other thing I really have to say about oversight or even advisory committees, and, and this is where it's, it's frustrating, and I don't know what the answer is, but what is the measure of success? Um, how do you tell if you're successful with whatever committee you have? And and as of right now, nobody can actually tell what the, what the success is. I mean, is it success that, that you're closer to the community, um, more places to complain about the police? I mean, you can pretty much complain there's the ACLU, there's the NAACP, there's 
there's the FBI, there's a ton of places to complain, probably more places to complain about the police than anywhere else. And so really, what problem are you trying to solve? And what is your measure of success? And those are those are the two big, big, biggest questions because if you look across the country, um, every city that had major unrest this last summer, every single one had advisory committees. Every single one of the advisory committees didn't change the outcome of what happened, um, both to Mr. Floyd, to, to other individuals throughout the nation. Um, and the response from, from those cities was, well, it needs to be even stronger. And so you have a police chief, and, uh, and I think uh, the police chief needs to be accountable for his department. And quite frankly, if the chief's not transparent, the chief's not, not policing the way that uh, the citizens want to be policed, then, then that's up to the council to deal with the city manager and deal with the police chief and, and make changes. But um, So for me, an advisory committee is great. Um, it just depends on if you're trying to take the ability for uh, the chief to discipline his officers or department away because you end up with a finger pointing um, of the chief saying, well, I can't discipline because the advisory committee or whatever has to do it and, and vice versa. And then nothing gets done. And and that's not healthy either. So don't know what the answer is. Um, If that does come to Modesto, hopefully all sides uh, viewpoints are taken into consideration. It's not just a, uh, um, a faddish thing and kind of a knee jerk type type reaction. Well, I think you make a, a good point, Chief, and that is uh, ahead of time we need to think about what are what are the measurable outcomes that we're looking for. You know, what what is the purpose? Uh, not not and and then there may be some agendas. You know that that's always at, at work. Uh, but again, I, I think in terms of uh, being a member of the public, just want to compliment you on the job that you did in terms of being very open uh, to public interaction. Um, and uh, encouraging it and not being, uh, you know, defensive, but taking the information. Uh, And yet uh, you have that ability to be able to be reasonable without offending people. And that's that's an interesting gift. I don't know if that's natural for you. You developed it, but you certainly seem to have it uh, in, in, in terms of able, being able to connect with the community and solve problems together. And I just want to uh, congratulate you on that during your tenure here. Oh, thank you. That's, that's very nice of you to say. It's, uh, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm just a person like everybody else, and I think you got to be curious of, uh, of how others think and feel and, and perceive you and, and both, uh, you know, how the public perceives officers and how officers are perceiving back and forth. And um, my biggest frustration, not just with how things are between the, the police and the public right now, but just our whole country in general is nobody can sit down and have a dialogue. If Amen to that. Chief, don't so interrupt you, and, uh, but we're going to continue with you in yeah. just a couple of minutes here on Power Talk 1360 with Chief Galen Carroll on KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. If you're... It could be coming from the last place you'd expect, your gutters. That's right. Clogged gutters cause rainwater to overflow and seep right into your foundation. Now I'm smelling coffee. To deal with those bugs and with rats and mice, too. Your free estimate is only a phone call away at 800-705-1144 or online at bjspestcontrol.com. 
Look for them in your neighborhood. There's nothing that'll scare your hot date away faster than bad breath. Luckily, Smart Mouth Mouthwash has got your back for 24 full hours with two rinses a day. Smart Mouth is available anywhere mouthwash is sold, so pick up a bottle today or visit SmartMouth.com to learn more. This report is sponsored by the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Hey, it's Blake Travis from Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to listen to the Outkick the Coverage podcast for the most informed, outspoken, and fearless commentary in all of sports. Just search for Outkick the Coverage in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go to get your podcast. Yes, the free iHeart app is radio, but it's also so much more. Because with the iHeart app, you can take your favorite stations, just like this station, anywhere you want, anytime you want. It's a radio that lets you build your own personalized stations with your favorite artists. It's a radio where you can listen to hundreds of thousands of podcasts. And it's a radio with thousands of playlists, perfect for any mood, connecting you to the entire universe of audio with one touch. Download the free iHeart app today. Number one for music, radio, and podcasts, all in one. iHeart Radio. We have a mix of sun and clouds today with gusty winds, highs in the mid-80s, partly cloudy skies overnight. It will stay in the 50s. Sunny tomorrow will touch the low 80s with light wind. Father, preacher, friend, it's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And thank you so much for being part of the mix here on the Mike Douglas Show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. here on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. My privilege uh, to serve as your live and local concierge for conversation on the Mike Douglas Show. So much appreciate uh, your thoughts, your input, and uh, our abilities to be able to discuss the issues of the day rationally, reasonably, and respectfully, which seems to be uh, a dying art in in many cases. And so thank you for uh, being able to provide that environment uh, for me to sit down with you on weekdays and and discuss the issues of the day. Have the privilege uh, this afternoon of speaking with the retired police chief of Modesto, Galen Carroll, here on Power Talk 1360. Number, if you might have a question for him, area code 209-551-3483. Again, that's area code 209-551-3483. Chief Carroll, as, as you look at your time at Modesto PD, what are one, two, maybe three of the highlights, those um, maybe events or, or things that, that happened during your tenure here that just caused you to say, man, I'm glad I came to Modesto and, and that was something that I can, that I can celebrate. Um, you know, I, I think uh, probably the biggest thing is um, just the level of talent that is here um, and was here when I got here and uh, just being able to work around, um, so many talented people. Um, I, I joked a lot that they uh, their backs were tired from, from propping me up. And so I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed uh, just um, a lot of our neighborhoods and, uh, and, and, and getting to know people. And so, you know, as far as, uh, as, far as within the police department, um, we made a lot of changes. I, I, I actually, uh, one of the guys that I miss, and, and he helped uh, a lot over the years, um, was Rick Armendaris, who, uh, who's now down in Anaheim. Um, we, uh, we, we had a lot of the same ideas and, you know, sometimes we disagreed, but, uh, 
Um, it was a lot of fun to just uh, sit around in his office or my office and uh, dream things up and then um, uh, kind of throw it out to the command staff and, and they would take the idea and, and run with it. And so um, when I retired, uh, one of the lieutenants, uh, T.J. Moffat, actually, uh, um, I was joking lots of times, but, uh, you know, someone would ask, uh, ask if we could implement something and, and I would tell him, well, if it's going to make root beers flow from the water fountain, then uh, then that's fine. But if it's not, no, we're not going to do it. And uh, <laughs> he ended up uh, getting me a, a prototype um, for the root beer water fountain, um, which is basically a two liter of NW root beer with a water fountain um, uh, <laughs> nozzle on it or, you know, head on it. And so um, sometimes you don't realize the stuff you're saying, um, you know, the impact that it makes. But uh, um, but it's just the people. Um I guess is, is what I'll stick with is uh, there's just so many of them at the police department in the community that they're really, I miss every day. Yeah. There's great wisdom in surrounding yourself with uh, not only capable, but innovative and creative people. Isn't there? That's uh, that's a blessing. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones. Jerry from Modesto. Welcome to the Mike Douglas show. Uh, you have a question for chief Carroll and let me press the right button. I'm sipping root beer instead of my coffee here, and uh, <laughs> that's <fun> there. <laughs> Gary, uh, Gary, uh, Gary, uh, <laughs> uh, Jerry, uh, we, we got a problem with your cell phone there. All right, maybe uh, if, if you and uh, and we'll get you back on the air uh, and uh, talk about technology. Uh, here and once in a while we hit, we have that problem with with cell phones and such. Uh, such chief, uh, talk a little bit about innovations in technology years that you've seen. Um, I had the experience of being in law enforcement many many years ago, from about 1979 to uh, to 1990, and and back then there were no MDTs. Uh, we we type the logs for those of us who served as dispatchers, uh, sometimes with manual typewriters. I mean, this was back, you know, the time of Noah and the Ark. Let's talk about some of the innovations that you've seen uh, in technology that, that are really helping uh, law enforcement today. Well, uh, you know, when I started, I, I wasn't quite in the dinosaur age uh, like yourself. But uh, so we did have the, the computers and the cars. But. Um, you know, the, the things, at least in the last uh, uh, 10 years or, or so, or at least the time um, that I was here in Modesto, a lot of it uh, is computer programs. Um, there was, uh, there were, um, we built a real-time crime center. Um, we started doing a lot more reports, automated reports, stuff so that, that individuals wouldn't have to go pull it, you know, before uh, you would get, like, crime numbers once a, a month. Well, how are you going to react to, to things that are happening in neighborhoods when the data that you have is 30 days old and, and stuff's happening every week or every day? And so um, really utilizing those type type programs to, to try to use the limited resources we had the most effective way that we could. Uh, the Real-Time Crime Center was was an idea that was actually hatched at a command staff retreat. We had a, we had a room that um, I think the volunteers were in, and, and the poor volunteers got kicked out, but... Uh, um, really what that what that enabled is now there's an officer that works in there full-time and the CSOs were, were moved and, and put in there. Um, and uh, and really it, it helps to kind of wade through the calls of, of 
um, what call do we actually need an officer going to? Um, what call can we just just handle either over the phone or 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 have a CSO handle or, or have someone else handle things like that so we could free up the officer for the more important calls? Um, but there's just uh, the technology just grows by leaps and bounds. Um, we we wanted to do a. It's kind of funny because they they're trying to gyrocopter now, which I think is is a great asset. Um, but uh, we tried to do that several years ago, um, and uh, there was we were met with resistance. And uh, someone asked, "How come you don't just do do a UAV program?" Which a lot of communities were resisting. Um, so. We said okay, and uh, uh, Captain Ivan Valencia, he was uh, he was a lieutenant at the time. Uh, we gave that program to him, and uh, he got it stood up. Actually, started uh, he got an award from the California Police Chiefs Association for his innovation in that, um, and really pushed it uh, as far as it could go. Um, but there's limits to to that um, based on the technology and really what the FAA, FAA will allow you to do. But um, there's there's just a, a lot more to policing than driving around um, in a black and white pulling people over and things like that. It's um, we we actually stood up a program that uh, has a detective working full time to kind of try to address the the uh, active shooters or, or those people that are right on the edge that are going to um, potentially uh, uh, snap and hurt a lot of people. And um, we sent him uh, a way to training the detective. Uh, and he's, I think he's actually prevented a lot of uh, workplace or other incidents um, from occurring, or at least some misunderstandings of that. And so um, sometimes it's a matter of, of trying to predict the future. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's um, using uh, technology as a, as a force multiplier to, to again, Modesto is never going to have as many as we need, whether it's CSOs or whatever. Um, but it's it's trying to be as efficient with the resource you have as possible. Um, so uh, there's a ton of of different technology. I I can't even try to name them off the top of my head. But it's changed a lot even since the early 90s. Well, and uh, I think a lot of the uh, supports technology is uh, is very important for you. You mentioned the fact that having good data helps you do your job better. And, of course, we have that ability now that we didn't have uh, many, many years ago. And I, and I think even uh, uh, the body cams, and I you know, understand that a double-edged sword, but uh, really that, that seems to be a, a, a plus in, in, in terms of the ability to uh, see accurately what happened during a particular incident, although, obviously, it only gives you... Uh, you know, one perspective from that one camera. How did you feel about the body cams when when that whole uh, technology became available? So I, I'm a big fan of the body cameras. Um, I have been, uh, I, the, the police department had started implementing them uh, the year before I actually got to the police department. So in, MPDs had them since 2012. Um, they were actually a test site for Axon, uh, who's, who's probably the major body cam um, suppliers throughout the country. Um, huge fan of them. Uh, I actually, uh, when I was a police officer, carried a tape recorder, uh, not because I had to, but um, sometimes it kept my mouth in check, quite honestly. But also, uh, it, it captured an incident that, uh, quite frankly, that body count or that uh, tape recorder saved me. And so when I, I came to Modesto um, and, and we're still working on the body cameras, uh, 
huge fan. Um, they actually they saved um, us a lot of time on on complaints, a lot of time on on understanding incidents, um, including critical incidents um, such as officer-involved shootings or use of force, thing like things like that. Um, as a chief, uh, when something unfortunate like that happens, uh, you come in, uh, go to the scene, check check the scene, check on people there, and then come back to the station and review the body camera and um, and know pretty much what happened right away. And so um, I think those will keep, uh, you know, that technology will keep improving. Uh, one of the things that I thought would be um, kind of cool, it's, it's you have to be careful because there's the big brother, big brother part that uh, even having UAVs that are, are mounted kind of on the light bars or for police cars, that if, if an officer pulls someone over, it would automatically launch and just kind of hover up there. And uh, mm-hmm. if someone flees, uh, you know, a traffic stop or, or whatever, um, it could go chase them. Or if an officer, um, you know, starts wrestling with someone, they can't necessarily get on the radio. Um, it could help call resources in, and those resources wouldn't know what they're coming into. So the, 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 the technology is just going to keep in improving and increasing, I think. Absolutely. We'll continue the conversation with Chief Galen Carroll, recently retired from the Desperate Police Department. And Chief, uh, in the next segment, as uh, we're prepared to, prepared to close, want to talk about uh, the importance of collaboration, how it works between uh, departments with other law enforcement agencies. And, and also, uh, I'd like to tap your brain on you've got to have a certain personality and a certain set of skills to be a chief of police or a sheriff. We'll be talking about that in three or four minutes. Remember our phone number here, friends, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation with Chief Galen Carroll in about three, four minutes on the high coverage show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 burst traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Eastbound 4 in Stockton, slow today, Filbert Street to 99, while southbound 99 out of Manteca delayed from 120 all the way to Main Street in Ripon. More delays in Lathrop, a crash. Northbound 5 on the connector ramp to East 120. This wreck off to the shoulder. It's already slow as far back as 205 in Lathrop and then all the way to 8th Street. For the latest on the Valerie opening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Hey, it's Clay Travis from Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to listen to the Outkick the Coverage podcast for the most informed, outspoken, commentary in all of sports. Just search for Outkick the Coverage in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go to get your podcast. We've all heard the phrase, an apple a day. Well, if you're not taking that bite because you're worried about your denture slipping, King Dentistry has the solution. We specialize in implant-supported dentures. While traditional dentures rest atop the gums and rely on the underlying bone for support, implant-supported dentures are attached to dental implants. This option eliminates the shifting and slipping common with traditional dentures. We are the original sedation dentistry, taking your fears out of the equation so you can relax, take a little nap, and wake up with a healthier, more beautiful smile. King Dentistry is reopening with your safety in mind, following all CDC guidelines. To schedule an appointment today in the 209 area, just dial Dentist. That's D-E-N-T-I-S-T. Or go to kingdentistry.com. Don't fear the 
dentist chair. King Dentistry is the answer. I had a knee issue where my knee gradually was getting sore, and then after a while, it just hurt to bend it. For David, a patient at Modesto Physical Medicine, even driving a car was a struggle. Getting in the car, I'd have to lean over towards the passenger seat and bring it in straight leg. Physical activity and working out was out of the question. It bothers me a lot. It's still in the back of my mind that I may not be able to do it ever again. But Modesto Physical Medicine changed all of that by treating David with non-surgical regenerative cell treatments done right in the office. No downtime for David and other patients. Within week one after the injection, the pain was starting to go away. By week two, I can bend it a lot. Modesto Physical Medicine uses state-of-the-art pain management that helps your body heal itself. I'm back at the gym again, working out with my trainer. Modesto Physical Medicine, just blocks north of Memorial Hospital in Modesto. Call for your complimentary consultation today, 209-838-3434. Call now, 838-3434. Hey, it's Clay Travis from Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to listen to the Outkick the Coverage podcast for the most informed, outspoken, and fearless commentary in all of sports. Just search for Outkick the Coverage in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go to get your podcast. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. The Mike Douglas Show. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And our privilege right now to have uh, as our special guest Chief Galen Carroll, uh, retired police chief from Modesto, California. Chief Carroll, just to continue a, a theme we were talking about, and one of the callers that was on because of uh, some uh, cell phone issues uh, was asking about relationships between law enforcement agencies. Uh, I remember back in the old days that you know the the firemen were always ticked out off ticked off at us because we were running over their charged fire hoses uh we were mad at the ambulance drivers because they drove too fast and you know there some of it was kind of fun but some of it was was also serious uh but let's talk about today and the value that you have seen in law enforcement agencies working together and the benefits that uh, that happened there, especially in terms of sharing information with each other. Yeah, so I mean, both both uh, you know the fire department as well as uh, uh, I'll call them allied agencies, but um, we've always had a really good uh, relationship. I, I know that uh, at least the fire department and the police department, um, uh, the relationship got closer uh, over the years, and that was uh, with. Uh, Sean Flayman and I, uh, we called it the walking school bus. We had, we'd meet up and walk from, uh, from the fire headquarters and police headquarters, which were across the street down the city hall for meetings. And, um, and, uh, I think that kind of showed the example, um, to both officers and the, and the firemen, but, uh, you know, as far as the sheriff's department and, uh, probation and, uh, and the other, uh, you know, series in Turlock, um, we'd meet every month. Um, that was happening well before I, I came up here. And um, and so we all had each other's cell phones. Um, if anything happened or or you knew anything, um, you could you could just pick up the phone. Um, there's always uh, I won't call it tension. It's kind of like uh, uh, kind of like the offensive offense and defense on the same football team. You know, at practice, uh, you may you may um, compete against each other in in some ways, but you're all on one team. And so. Mm. 
um, it actually makes you stronger and better. And uh, and so here in in Stanislaus County, all the agencies work very very well together. And um, and I still have uh, contact with with uh, Sheriff Turksey, um, even though uh, I'm not needed anymore. Uh, but anytime something would happen, um, I would give him a call or or Adam Christensen at the time. Um, and if, especially if it's a major incident, you could expect a call from, from other chiefs or text messages saying, what do you need? And, uh, and I'll send you resources. So, um, it's actually, that's, that's good for the community. It's also really good for the departments. Absolutely. And I think the public is, uh, is well aware of that and something that, uh, that we appreciate, uh, in the final minute or two that we have chief, let's talk about what it takes to be a chief of police or a sheriff today. I know that, uh, slightly, uh, different in terms of, uh, uh, some of the dynamics, but at least let's talk about being a police chief. What are some of the personality traits, uh, uh, other than having a lot of thick skin, what are some of the personality traits and the skills that, that are needed to be a police chief in today's world? Well, so you, I think you hit on the first one, um, which is uh, thick skin and, and not taking yourself too seriously or taking things personally. Um, but I think it's really uh, that caring heart that uh, that you care about. Uh, the people that work for you and work with you, uh, and you really care about the community. And um, I think if if you if you have uh, really that that caring heart, everything else takes care of itself. Because um, it's not about ego, it's not about you. Um, you actually lose your name, and uh, you just become chief. And you get to choose whether you let that go to your head and your ego grows, uh, or um, you take it as as something that uh, that the community trusted you with. And so um, just that, that kind open heart and that curiosity and wanting to get to know neighbors and wanting to be a part of the community, I think is the most important things. And I would imagine as well that uh, continually educating yourself is important as well as uh, we see laws changing and, uh, and, and uh, technology changing. Uh, I would guess that you really need to keep up on that uh, in, in, in terms of being able to be on top of things for your department and, and to inspire your troops to uh, take advantage of those uh, opportunities to better themselves and uh, opportunities to use the technology as well. Absolutely. I, I think you, uh, you need to be a lifelong learner. Um, I can tell you since, since I uh, retired, um, a part of me misses being a, a police officer or, or being the chief because it was uh, things were flying at you all the time and you were always have to make decisions and, and be thinking on your feet. Um, I work somewhere now where uh, the decisions uh, are not coming nearly as fast. And so um, it's, it's taking some getting used to uh, just a change of pace, but um, whoever's the chief and, and obviously I have my biases that uh, probably keep to myself, but uh, whoever becomes a chief, um, hopefully they are well-prepared uh, for the ride because uh, when I first took over, I thought I was ready and, uh, all I can tell you is it's like being a, a jockey on a racehorse in the starting gate and uh, the gate drops. And uh, next thing you know, you're holding on by the tail trying to climb back into the saddle um, yeah, because it's just yeah, extremely busy and almost overwhelming. But, uh, but it's a fun job as well. And it's rewarding. 
Chief Galen Carroll, thank you so much for dropping by to visit with us. Thanks for being so transparent and genuine. That's something we've appreciated about you since you arrived. And Modesto, so much appreciate you, so much appreciate your commitment to building relationships with the community, and you've left us a wonderful legacy. Thank you, Chief. Again, thanks for being with us today on the Mike Douglas Show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Again, friends, uh, our guest has been uh, Galen Carroll. He's the retired chief of the Modesto Police Department. And uh, again, as a a pastor in the community, someone who is uh, involved, and I actually served under the chief as a chaplain for a as well, I can tell you, I over my career in law enforcement and then in the fire and rescue service, I served probably under four or five police chiefs, maybe. And uh, just want to say, uh, Chief Galen Carroll has stood head and shoulders, both literally and figuratively, above the rest. Again, thanks so much for joining us today on the Mike Douglas Show. So much appreciate your participation. We will see you on Monday, 3 p.m. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.